All right, Fern, we're back. We're talking specifically. Oh, it's, it's cool for you to say we're back, but if I say it back, it's we're back. It's weird. You implied we had been gone for a very long time. Okay. I'm saying we're when I say we're back, it, like we were here yesterday. Like, hey, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are back, and we had a really great episode, and we've gotten tons of great feedback and comments about acquisition and integration because like so many things in CrossFit, it's, it's become complicated when in fact it's really simple. And I don't think it could have been made any more simple than you did the other day, right? Here are some tips on how to acquire new members. Here are some great ways to integrate them. Now go do it where everybody wants to ask about, like you were saying, what about this marketing and what about this and that? It's like, it's like the snatch. You know, should I hit it off my hip crease? Hey, just get that bar over your head. Yeah, just jump and catch first. Like, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to the whole, you know, triple extension, catapult method, fucking, you know, you think, hump, the, hump the bar method. I think when I hear people making concepts like this way more complex than they need to be, it's A, because they don't really understand it, and B, it's because they feel like if this sounds more complex and I'm someone that sells it and teaches people, they'll be, it's almost like a scarcity tactic. Like you have no idea. So you need to learn from me where you and I are just like, Hey, it's actually really kind of simple. I mean, if you were just to apply the, the whole concept of teaching in general, uh, you know, I don't know. It was an Einstein is like, if you can't teach quantum physics to a five-year-old, then you don't really understand it. I mean, I butchered that. No, very, very badly, but it's something along the line. Yeah. But, and so I typically, I typically, if it's overly complex, I, my first assumption is that they don't actually know, they know generally what this is, but they don't know my thing, right? They don't know, they don't know acquisition in a CrossFit gym. You know, traditional marketing, marketing acquisition, if I was to run an ad and then what the funnel should look like and what, like, but when we're talking about acquisition, like I want somebody who, who literally knows what I'm dealing with, right? Like, do I like, you know, we're, we're talking about paid ads before we've even talked about like, are you profitable? Can you even afford to run ads? Otherwise you're spending money that you haven't made yet. And that's always the gamble. It's like, but I could make a ton of money off of this. And I'm like, you could lose your ass. Well, and that's what you said, you know, some of these products out there that were really basically marketing machines pumping money in and you're pumping money into the next marketing from money you didn't even earn yet from the current one. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and then it was no wonder that so many gyms failed with that and went out of business. Speaking and, of, and, can I, go ahead. what do you, what's your, did you hear about San Francisco CrossFit? No. Did they shut down? They shut down. Yeah. Well, is that because of COVID and they've literally not been able to open for nine damn months? I don't know. I was talking to, we had a drop in yesterday from California and he said they were open. So I don't know. I'm, if sure, it, I'm sure they took a massive hit though. Oh, Cause I, I'm sure whatever they were paying in rent, even though their space is pretty small and they had some outside stuff, I'm sure they got crushed. Yeah. I, I don't think COVID helped by any means, but I also, you know, the one thing I'll say is, you know, that sucks, man. I mean, you're talking about a staple of yeah, 15 of, of, years for CrossFit affiliates, you know, and I'm, the, and I'm sure he looked at that and was just like, listen, I'm not going to pay money out of, um, what do they rebrand to? Sorry. I'm having a brain fart. Uh, ready state. 
ready state to to fund this gym that is just bleeding now because we can't keep it open like that's insane Nobody's yeah i mean I mean, the pandemic didn't help, but yeah, talk about old school. That's where Adrian Bosman came from. Some of the old videos are, you know, featuring Bosman. That's a Boss. travesty, dude. And, you know, but I, I will say this. Obviously, Kelly Serrett has some other things in the works, and he's successful outside of the box. So it might have been an easier decision for him to shut down than – I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision, but like you said, he's making money elsewhere. So how long can you support a gym that you're not sure what's going to happen especially after the election today, you know, going forward. No, I, that's why I say that it's, un, it's unfortunate for a lot of reasons. You know, I, I, that's, that's always been my beast. I, I don't think people should be put in these scenarios, you know, but that's my personal opinion. Well, anyway, talking about keeping it simple, we talked about acquisition integration, and I had a few people reach out to us saying, hey, I, I listened to your episode previously on Bring a Friend Week and have had some tremendous success People are talking about, you know, five to 10 new members in a week. So pretty awesome. Gyms would kill for that. Like, because again, you don't, as long as, as long as I have this topic shored up, if I'm getting realistically, if you had a net five people a month, or just do the math and we could talk about sales later and about how to, how to make big goals, small goals. But if you, it, what gym wouldn't want a net five a month, right? So like assuming you lost some people, but net five every month what gym would not want a plus of 60 new members or to put a different way an increase of revenue of probably something to the tune of a minimum of hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year like yeah and what when you think about that you're already putting the work in for your gym that hundred twenty thousand is just gravy or or maybe it's freedom Right. It depends yeah. on how you, how you right. like, maybe that's, that's, maybe that's a full-time two employee. to three potentially full-time people. And also easily, easily two full-timers paying 60 grand a year easily. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk about net five. There is, there is a third portion of this. We have acquisition, we have integration. Now the R word is retention. So let me ask you this. What, what do you think people get wrong about retention? Well, we talked about it yesterday. I think one of the big things they get wrong is focusing on these new people that aren't paying them, that you know, aren't really committed to this thing yet. And they're, they're getting the attention potentially from the owner, from the better coaches, right? And then your members who have been loyal, who are paying you month over month, potentially supported you during this pandemic, and they're kind of getting pushed to the side. So I think that's one of the biggest things just not having a focus and, and being drawn in too many directions. So let me ask a different question now because these, these go together. What do you think the number one people leave CrossFit affiliates for is? Not feeling like they're getting value. Okay. So then what would cause somebody to not feel like they're getting value? Not getting coached. And then what would be the most baseline answer to somebody like what it seems almost too obvious to end this answer, but like, why would somebody not be getting coached? Why would someone not be getting coached? Think, um, think of the most obvious answer ever. That's not where even where you're going, like more obvious than that. Well, one would be, they're not coming to class. Bingo. Did I get it? Yeah. Nice. I'm proud Actually, of myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh 
everybody, I just want everybody to soak this moment up here for a second. The Jay got the answer right. No, no. I think <laughs> he just spit his coffee out all over his computer. The, uh, no, I think that is, that is the number one reason that people leave. And, here, and here's why. So let's, let's deconstruct this just a little bit. The price point is too high to have a lack of attendance. Yeah, it's not a low budget model of pay me right. nine or nineteen or even thirty dollars a month. Thirty bucks a month, you notice it. Everybody has that threshold where it's like, right? Ah, eh, I, I, I watch one movie a month on Netflix. I'll keep it. Right, and even for most people who are broke, twenty nine to thirty bucks is a is a is a, an acceptable threshold to throw away every month. Like that sounds crazy, but it re, it, it is. If you think and if you think about just the all of the streaming services, all the subscription notices, like almost all of them, baseline level is thirty bucks or less. Well, right? Global gyms, thirty bucks. Global or less. gyms, yeah. I mean, they. they, they, they haven't put studies into place. For oh that, yeah, yeah. They know that people are just like, mm, I can throw away thirty bucks. It's not that big of a deal. It doesn't hurt, right? One hundred and fifty to two hundred bucks. That hurts if I'm not using it. If it's adding no value to me, and if I'm not using it, then it's definitely not adding value. So that's that's the baseline level or topic for retention is just what does their attendance look like? Um, and, you know, simple, one of the simple pieces there is just like, you know, how do you structure your memberships and do you offer things to set people up for failure with regard to attendance? So, uh, you know, like we don't offer anything other than an unlimited type membership. There's no, there's no limited attendance, right? Cause I don't, I don't want to set people up for failure, but, but even then you will have people that will, not have so we talked about it before so 16 and 8 right so i want i'm looking for people to have 16 if 16 is definite value you know if you do the math on let's just say that your membership is let's just go 170 uh you know divided by 16 is you know ten and a half dollars per session most people can bite off on that that's a, that's a reasonable cost for what i'm getting Eight sessions is where we know they're on the way out, assuming they're not just on vacation. So I'm driving people towards 16. My, my alarm goes off if it's eight or less. And this is where we want to start to focus all of our time. Because um, I've had anybody who's owned an affiliate for more than six months, most people realistically who are kind of wishy-washy on their attendance just really want to know that you want them in the building. That sounds insane, but it's true. I've had enough of these conversations where what they really were hoping for or what they're really just begging you for is to just call them and let them know that you know that they're not there. They want to be noticed. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're paying, you know, between 150 to $300 even, you want to feel like you matter. Right. And you're not just a you know, global gym, you're literally a card that swipes and you're a name, you know, or a number, I should say, where here you want to be important. So we've talked about this in the past, this idea of a 16, eight, and there's, there's quite a few topics we can dive into with there. First of all, is that a number that you created? Is that something you kind of did research? Somebody told you, where'd you figure that out? Uh, a combination of all three. So, so, so looking at people, you know, look back looking you, so you can look back at a, uh, if you want to try to dive in and do some, some lag, some studies that are like lag metrics, you can look at, look, go back and look at your last, I don't know, go back and look at your last eight cancellations, whoever those people are. Cause you could usually, if you have a, you have a 
you have probably have a form that they have to fill out or something where they have, the request comes in. I would bet they, you most people listening do not have that. Uh, a form that they fill out? When they cancel. They, somebody uh, sends an email, they say we cancel and they get a, okay. Right. Yeah. So a, you should have that. It's a, if the easiest way to do this, if you don't want to do like a website, but like just build a Google form and then just add a link to your website. That's and you get some information on their way out. Right. So you should, you know, but that's a separate topic, right? That's an exit interview, which you should do. And I would tell you 40% of those you could keep if you did an exit interview and just presented them with an alternate solution. But if you go back and you pull, let's just call last eight to 10 cancellations you had, whatever that time frame looks like. And then I reverse engineer that and I look at their attendance. I'd be willing to bet that the vast majority of them outside of some extenuating circumstances had eight or less attendances leading up to the month that they canceled. Right. So inherently they're not getting coached vis-a-vis their, because they're not, that's not even the right use of that, but they're not showing up, therefore not getting coached. So how do we just get them to show up? Well, you should be looking at all of that and then making some phone calls, right? So I have to scoop up the people that have low attendance and reward the people that have high attendance. And we've talked about rewarding those people. Mm -hmm. If someone makes it into more than 16 classes per month at your box, they automatically get into a monthly quarterly and yearly raffle for that's the way we've done it and i've stolen a lot of these ideas from other boutique you know like uh typically uh, spin studios do this really well like they have like they do all sorts of you know you know your 50th ride your 100th ride stuff like that so there's a lot of these types of kind of uh boutique studios who do this fairly well at least in concept now what so I've got monthly attendance, but then what I want to do is I want to stretch that out a little bit, and I want to look at lifetime attendance. So one of the things that we've instituted is, uh, and you can do this, you can make these numbers up however you want, but I think these numbers are pretty solid. So I want them to get sixteen a month, and then from there the first watermark is a hundred, and then I want to present them with something at a hundred. So hundred in a year, uh, just a hundred in general. They might get it in way under a year. Right, but just a running total. Yeah, yeah, a running you just total. Keep track of lifetime. how many classes they go to, and they lifetime. Yeah, right. lifetime. Right. So, so yeah, if they come to sixteen a month, which is four a week, that's you know pretty. That's about eight months later. Yeah, you yeah you would get it in, in fairly short order. Less than that. Yeah. Yeah, less than that. Right. So, um, so a hundred is the first watermark, and if I'm and if I'm checking in with them and highlighting them at sixteen every single month, like they will have way more than that on on most months. But then in a hundred, so for instance, I just had a bunch of coffee mugs, uh, laser engraved. I pay for these out of pocket. Most of these kind of you know kind of you throw it in the trinket bucket is not going to cost you a ton of money, right? So I just had nine of them, or nine or ten of them made, and it's a it's a coffee mug. It's got CrossFit right off right on it, and then on the other side, it's got their name and hundred watt club. Specific right? name? Yeah. Because wow. it, it's, 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 most of these things are pretty cheap, dude. They're not going to cost you a ton, right? So it's just like, I just, and I do these quarterly, right? So I've got a hundred, I've got 250, I've got 500, 750, and then a thousand. They don't and, get a coffee mug every time. No, no, they get something different each time, right? And you can, you can figure out whatever you want, right? But I'm doing these two things in concert. I'm always tracking monthly attendance combined with lifetime attendance and then lack of attendance, and I'm trying to scoop up the people who have lack of attendance to push them towards the other one. And part of them doing that other one is an incentive to get there, right? So they can be in a raffle to get something for the month or they get a lifetime 
right? So we've given out t-shirts that are unique. You can't get them there unless you hit 250 or 500. Um, you can do all sorts of stuff. Like you can make water bottles, like you can do a lot of cool things. And the beauty of these is they're not going to cost you a ton of money, right? So the, for the, you know, if you're going to do 10 mugs, something like that, like, I don't know, call it a hundred bucks. Well, you have to for, think about it. First of all, like we just established, that's probably five to seven months worth of membership per person. It should be paid. It's, you so could it's, just, you could roll it into the cost of, of, of what, when they come in their entry, like their foundation right. should pay for this, a t-shirt and uh, well, but my a mug point or something is, like that. If you're buying a mug, someone's paid you nearly a thousand dollars at that point. Yeah, it, it should. Yes. One, and, it you should, know, they, should, and, they should pay for that. Like yeah. essentially. And then let's add to that, whether it's a mug or a t-shirt or some of these other things, it's also spreading word of mouth. You know, someone comes to visit their house. Oh, and you want a cup of coffee and you hand, you know, one of you is using that mug. Oh, what's cross at Rife? Oh, what's a hundred or your t-shirt that they're wearing out to town. So this is how you start to, this is kind of like the subtle branding where I want to, you know, it sounds a little bit weird, but this is an actual tactic is I want to infiltrate their home so that the brand is always on their mind. When they go drink coffee, they think about CrossFit Rife. When they put on their t-shirt, they think about CrossFit Rife. When they put on that hoodie or they grab that water bottle, they think about CrossFit Rife. When they join, I give them a sticker, they put it on their car, they think about CrossFit Rife. So I'm trying to imprint our culture, our community, and our message everywhere in their life so that it's not just at the gym. Now it's at their home, right? And this is how you start, this is how you start to build like, this is, this is what sports teams do. This is not like a secret. Yeah, right? you do. Right? Yeah. Terrible towels, you know, like all this stuff. Like this is just crazy shit that people already do. So imagine yourself as a sports team. How do I put all of my gym brand inside their house so that it's integrated into literally everything that they do how to put it on their car in at their kitchen table you know like beach towels right this is a beach town we have crossfit rife beach towels that we sell right so like you can do all of these things and you can wrap those into attendance when you do it and that and that is how you're going to start to maximize ret retention and then one other little thing you can do is hit them on already known um kind of uh, dates, right? So birthday, and we've talked about this before, birthdays, anniversaries, send them a card. Right? It's not like the max I think I've ever sent out in one week is like eight. But every week I do that. Handwritten. Well, and, and I want to say, it becomes a part of their identity when you do this to the point that quitting the gym is not an option. Like, that's what they are in this life. You know, maybe they're a mom or a father, or husband, wife, you know, doctor, whatever they are, but then right beside that is a member of CrossFit Rife. And I can tell you, there's a lot of stickers in this area from the jujitsu school I go to. And as soon as I see one of those stickers, I feel like I know this person, we can talk. Right. So and it's the that, same thing. That's what you're trying to build. And, and, but you, ha you have to attach it to something. It's not just like, I'm going to sell you this stuff. Like again, all of this, all of these concepts that we're talking about, they all should be integrated and woven together so that it's one big machine essentially and retention is the big one and how do i maximize retention well and this is so most people think of retention at least the lazy version of retention is a back-end marketing campaign well i'm going to email them and this email is going to go like again we've already established that people know these bullshit email campaigns i just don't subscribe from everything yeah right and and i'm not saying they don't have value 
But if it's just an automated check-in that will typically not run on time because you didn't opt them out in MailChimp or something like that, and then they're still getting the, the new member campaign after they canceled four months ago, and now they're annoyed. You know, So it, sh it needs to be more personal. And this is not an unsustainable workload because you don't have that many clients, realistically. Right, even if you have 200. That's not that many. No, and I mean, based on what you're saying, once they hit that 100 threshold, now it's still even longer before they hit that 250, even longer. You know, you're talking from 500 to 1,000, you know, two years potentially. Right, and, you're, and the number gets smaller and smaller and smaller, which, it, which makes it easier to spend more money on these people. You know, I have multiple people who over 1,000 workouts who have been there for seven plus years. So give me, they, give me some. They've given me fifteen dollars to $20,000 over that time frame. So That's like, yeah, I can I, spend 100 to 150 bucks to maybe even 200 on some of these people. Be like, thank you, because they probably right. brought in other people as well. I paid $20,000 to cross the rife, and all I got was this lousy mug. Right, I got this shitty T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the. Uh, you know who else does this well? Cross at Mudtown. They have. Have you worked the seminar there? Uh, I haven't, but Lindsay. I think she just got back from there. Not. Too yeah, she ago. goes there a lot, and they have it on their lobby wall. Yeah. Like those. So, what are some of the other things you give out? Um. So we'll give T-shirts, uh, mugs, um, water bottles, and then like a nice water bottle, not like a crappy plastic one that goes. No, no, plate. like a um like an arctic water bottle or a yeti or something like that where nice. you know but make it personalized like get it laser engraved like make it you spend the extra two dollars spend the extra two dollars to put their name on it you know like um that stuff is important and they're more likely to keep it it's that one if you put somebody's name on it trust me when they go to grab one of those 85 shaker bottles or waterfall they're taking the one with their fucking name on it like yeah there's pride associated you. with it every time so but again, it's got my logo on it. It's got their name on it. But it's also like if, you, if you're smart about it, it's got an accomplishment attached to it, right? So like that coffee mug, a 100-wad club. And now this becomes later on down the, word, down the road, this becomes something of that if it is quasi-nostalgic, right? Because like, damn, they're like three years from now, they're like, bro, I remember when I got that coffee mug. Like, I remember when I hit my first hundred and I'm like, now I'm at a thousand or whatever. And we've done all these other things, but that starts five years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, but you also have this camaraderie, like it's like a jujitsu purple belt, seeing a white belt and like introducing them, letting them know we've been there before. It's going to get better. There's so many different, there's so many different unique ways that you can do this. And the point is that you have to figure out what you want to do. And there's no perfect, there's no perfect way to do this here. And this is going to go back to a concept that we've said a thousand times. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you put in the time and effort to care enough to put something together and show some appreciation for these people. So one thing you brought up and we kind of glanced over it, I want to hear your opinion is this idea of a reduced visit membership. What about it? I mean, I've well, got, I, I can tell you exactly why I did it. Well, I, I want to hear that, but you're saying there's this threshold of eight where most people, when they do this membership, the limit is eight per month. Is it just not well, so worth it? 
So, well, no. So let's look at, this goes back to a little bit about like, who do I serve? Right. So let's look at these, these types of clients. Right. And it's not, it's not, I don't have any beef with any of these people. Right. But again, what you're trying to dial up is a win-win scenario, right? Like I want people to love it there and I want to love them coming in. Typically your people that do twice a week don't fall in that category. They might love it, but they're typically not people that I just am thrilled to see all the time because I might not see them for a week or two. And then they're not talking to me as frequently about what they got going on. They're more likely to get injured, uh, like all these things, right? So, um, and they typically have the lowest retention right? They're typically not the ones that stay around forever. Like you, if you have it, like, listen, just canvas your membership types and look at all these people. They are typically not the people that stick around for very long durations. They're going yeah. to, they want to dabble, right? They want to do this and they would do 85 other things. And I'm like, well, that, that I'm not interested in that. Like, that's fine. CrossFit's not a dabbler thing like yoga or spin where you're going once or twice a week to kind of support the rest of your training. CrossFit right. is your training. Right. And, um, and some people have, uh, have kind of stolen this from Orange Theory because they do that. But there's, a, there's an important distinction here between CrossFit and Orange Theory. While the, while, the, while the high price point is about the same, most CrossFit gyms are a little bit higher. They're about the same. And, and they're always, Orange Theory is always my counter argument for price because a lot of people do Orange Theory. And at, like on the top end, there's 150, 160 bucks. But what people are leaving out is, for orange theory, you're talking about a significant bucket of people to supplement their bulk recurring membership because orange theory on average becomes profitable at 500 clients. A lot of these will go upwards of a thousand or a little bit over. So that's an entirely different story because now you're talking about, I don't know, the, the you're talking about like, 150 people who are on this, you know, two times a week Orange Theory membership, which is the average size of most CrossFit gyms. So for them, in a larger pool of people, that makes sense. Like that's that's an that's a revenue add for them, right? Like that's a that's an additional revenue stream for them because the number is large enough to justify it. Most CrossFit gyms are not a thousand people, right? No, they're 150. Theory, most of those places are also charging a lot more for that membership than CrossFit's are. Well, there, there's also some retention things in Orange Theory, which is if you pre-book for a class and don't show up, you they charge you for it. So this person who was paying that for eight sessions is actually paying more than that because they're likely to miss one of those sessions. Right, and not out of eight, they time. miss one. They miss one and now what they were, they were paying 100, they're paying 85 bucks, which is now 100 bucks if you cancel one time and miss it. So there, there's, there's catch-alls built in there. And again, they thought this through and they're like, this makes sense for us to do it this way. But again, like you have to factor in the fact that their membership base is five times as large as the average CrossFit gym. So again, that's not necessarily a terrible idea. If I'm trying to basic, if I'm trying to add 10% to the bottom line, that would be one way to do it. If I'm already profitable, like, well, let's make an additional membership base there. But most CrossFit gyms are a not profitable and B, you know, not big enough to justify something like that. Now, if you grow to something that large, maybe you do do that. Maybe I would recommend that you do that if you're trying to grow 10%. Well, like, let's, let's do a lower offering and see what happens. I, I also think that membership becomes an easy out for people that are on the cusp. Like, you know, you see the full price, it's 180, and you're like, mm -hmm. well, there's this 120. 
I'll do that one. Right. You know, there's this model in, in sales of the Cadillac and you know, the Cadillac is really trying to drive people to the, to the middle package. And right. You know, this is kind of driving people to the cheapest package. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been done backwards because everybody's, everybody's using the wrong tactic, which is trying to compete with the other gym down the street for lowest price point, which is what do you want your anchor price to be? And then do it back. I mean, that's a separate discussion about sales, but retention, you know, like, so one of the big reasons, which is after I had that conversation with, uh, with Yuri about his CrossFit study, Dr. Yuri Fato, and he showed the numbers, like literally did the, they did the study on it over like three years. And he's like, Hey, the line in the, the line in the sand is very obviously at three, right? Three times a week, less than three times a week two to 300% more likelihood to get injured. And we already know that if they're coming in two times a week, they're probably not seeing much in the way of results. So I, I like really sat on that for about a month. And I was just like, why would I set somebody up for failure? Like, why would I even put myself in that position to do that? You know, like, that's not what I'm looking for. Like, I want people to love it here. I want them to get results. I want them to, to make a commitment in their health and like do all these things. And, and, that makes me happy. That means I'm probably going to get along with them and all these, because we're probably aligned on those things. But these other people who are not willing to do that, we're probably not going to be aligned. So it's okay if they go somewhere else and buy, there will always be another gym that these people can go to that will fit their price point if that's what they're chasing. And if you think about it, just on a more surface level, these are the people that show up and they're like, Hey, what's a thruster again? And you're Which taking- is fine. I got people that have been here seven years. They'll do that shit. That's fine. But you know, <laughs> It's, it's those people that are taking more of your attention. They're paying less. They're less likely to stick around. And when we talk about retention, you know, some people will leave for that reason. You're right. Most people leave because they're not getting coached because they're not showing up. But we all have athletes. There's probably, you know, 5 to 10% that, are, that move well enough that need coaching. And if your focus is on the newer people and the people that just are reaching for your attention, those are the people that are like, I can do this at a global gym for 30 bucks. I'd rather, I'd rather spend my time making sure the people that I genuinely appreciate and that want to be there, making sure that they have good attendance, long-term retention, and ultimately get what they came for, which is results. So, you know, you can do all these things in concert. I mean, there's, you should put some, a plan in place for it, but like retention is what allows you to, 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 to easily hit that net five a month because if I'm only losing one member a month, that means I just need six. But if I'm losing five, now I need 10. And as, 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 as more people are falling out of the bottom of the bucket, the, the number to bring in stays astronomically high and unsustainable. And now I'm in this quandary, right? Now I'm just like, fuck, like this is when I result to these paid ad because like I need 15 people. I'm like, why do you need 15? Like, yeah. why? That's a lot. you're hemorrhaging members. Right. So then how do we get them to stay? Which is like, I need to do two things. I need to do these two things in concert, right? Which is just, it's, it goes back to the same thing with fitness. It's like, do less better, man. Like, don't worry about fucking paid ads. Make sure that you have a good acquisition process that starts from within that's paired with a good integration process and then keep track of them along the way. It's, that's a simple, like run two reports every month and just peruse the list. It's not hard. Yeah. And you know, but people well, don't do it right. Because there's like, I'm fucking busy. And I'm like, no, no, you don't know where to focus your time to get max ROI. Right. You're just chasing around and putting out fires that shouldn't even be there. 
Yeah, and you know, going back to what we talked about, who do you serve? For me, when I ran my affiliates, it was always trying to grow the community, trying to grow like-minded people. And the people that aren't coming in eight, you know, eight times, the people that are doing these punch cards are not gonna be valuable members of your community. I'm not saying they're bad people, they're just not gonna be the people that make friends, that forge relationships, that you know, show up at your parties. They're gonna be people that, yeah, I go to this gym you know, a couple times a week because it's, it's fun and it, I pick the workouts that look hard for me and you know, then I do other things the other days. And there's, there's somebody out, right now, out there right now who has a counter argument. Like, One of my best members falls in that bucket and I'm like, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but that one person that you have in mind is not how to build a sustainable business, right? Yeah. They're out there. And here's what I'm telling you. If you got rid of that membership, they would still be there. Paying you more money, showing Paying up more Paying you often. more money, showing up more often, having more interactions. And again, like, again, I want to I throw that out there because I know somebody's listening to this and thinking that, well, like, I, well Sally's one of my best members and she comes twice a week. And I'm like, could you get Sally better results if she came three times a week? And do you think that she's going to leave if you do that? If she's that loyal, I'm pretty sure that she won't. So, so wrapping up on retention, you know, obviously the 16-8 number is something we, we both agree with. These other little things you do, what else would you add? What are some other small things that box owners can do that don't take a lot of time, don't cost a lot of money, but have a tremendous ROI? I don't think you need to do more than that, right? Just like spend, I don't know, 50 bucks on Vistaprint and, and print some postcards and hit everybody's birthday and Aunt Jim anniversary each week. And then track attendance, both monthly and lifetime and figure out like what you want to give people. And now I can start to give them rewards for their effort and say, hey, listen, I want to give you this coffee mug. It's got CrossFit Rife on it. It's got, you know, Jay Ackerman, subpar athlete, 100 wads, right? <laughs> you know. If you make me that mug, <laughs> I would use it every morning. Done. I'm going to get it made tomorrow. <laughs> the, uh, but, but, so, but, and that is in, in all jest, like that jokingly, why wouldn't you put that on a mug? If that's a running joke between you and your client, why would you not put that on a mug? Yeah, I, I, that's funny. And that, know what that shows that you, have a connection with your athlete. Right, that I actually know you. And I can bust your balls. Or maybe it's something like really positive too. Like I don't expect that from you. But like we had this one dude, he was a pilot. He's a great dude. And uh, we always joke that he was like, we would, he would, he like refused to do inchworms in the warm up. Like it's just the thing he just like would refuse to do. And he would always joke that he was the casual CrossFitter. Like that was always the joke that he would arc the shit out of women's weights and that like he just came in to not move fast. And so, but he would, pay, he would spell casual CrossFitter with K's. So like, I don't know why, but that was just his thing. It's just like, if you have people like that, like get them a t shirt. Yeah. Like, like a one t-shirt going to like a ready print and be like casual crossfitter billy bob right and give it to them like do those things one off um you know and the the cards and the postcards like you these are all things that require minimal amount of thought right like how many conversations do you have in a given week within the affiliate where so and so got promoted or their uh, you know a loved one died or something like that when like i can think about that i can walk into my office I can write a card and put it in the mail very quickly. That is how you do retention, right? Yeah. It's not this elaborate fucking email campaign. That's not it. And I would even say you can go one further. Like I, when I had my box, every coach was required to, to write three cards a week. Just three cards that didn't, at random to a member and hand them out. 
Yeah. And, and, and that's it's, it's, it's not stuff. hard. It's like we, you, if you and your coaches have a weekly staff meeting, like if you've got a, if you've got folks that are kind of that involved in the business, put that on your, on your to-do list. Like, fuck that might go on our to-do list tomorrow when we have our staff meeting is like, Hey, what's, what's going on with some of the members? Like, tell me what you found out about a member this week. And they're like, well, so-and-so. And I'm like, write a card right now. Boom. Put it in the mail. And, and yeah. And it could be great job on your PR, great job with your nutrition. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't matter. It just needs to be relevant. Right. right? So that, that's what I think is, it's just like, the, I need to have these touch points that are relevant, that have meaning that keep them engaged to show them that I care. And it's not, it's not terribly difficult. And if you have the money to outsource some of this report running and stuff like that, that's a perfect function for a VA. So there, there's so many ways to kind of start chipping away at this to get people that are in forever. Because we know typically if they're there for three months, they're probably going to be there for a year barring something weird happening. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we've discussed acquisition, integration, and now retention. And I think if you start to listen to the things that we're dropping slowly but steadily, your box is just going to grow. It's, and these are just some of the things that you can oh, do. Oh, yeah, we dive a lot more into this with our, with our program, 12 weeks. You're going to learn all of this. And, and not just right now you're hearing it, but there's going to be very specific homework of what you're going to need to do, reports that you're going to need to pull, et cetera. And again, if you're interested in learning more, we're almost ready to announce it, but shoot us an email, day at gmail.com. Put in the subject line, interested, want to learn more, and we'll get back to you in a week or two. One last thing on this, and this is probably the most important piece. When you do these things, you're going to feel good about it. I promise you. Like, I feel awesome when I write cards or when I give people these mugs or these t-shirts. And so we were coaching staff and that might be the most important thing of all, quite frankly, you're going to feel good about doing it. That's a win-win. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. And, and when you start to feel good about what you're doing every day, it's when you just love your job. You love waking up in the morning. It's when you become magnetic or sticky as we like to call it. When people just like want to be around you because you're sticky. I like it, Fern. All right. Well, retention discussed. If you have more questions, of course, hit us up. And if you want to learn more about our new venture, email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. If you haven't already do us a favor, head over to the Apple podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at bestHourOfTheirDay. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.